0: you have your Bibles with you if you'd turn with me to Titus chapter 2 uh, if you don't I believe we have a few Bible at the end uh, Titus chapter 2 we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 15 and a few verses as well in chapter 3 uh, while you're turning there I, I'm reminded of um, Back in December, as, as most of you probably know, Paige and I got, got married, and we got married down in the Florida Keys, and and one of the things, or several of the things that I remember is the setting, and then the wait for for Paige to come out. So So we're down in the Florida Keys, the setting was, there were two palm trees, was kind of the backdrop, Chris came down and married us, so Chris is centered on the palm trees. Behind that, you can see the water. The, the resort that we stayed on was, was, was beautiful, uh, well-groomed. Uh, the, the chairs, everything was, was set up perfectly. And so I'm standing there, and amidst all the beauty, I was waiting with excited anticipation for Paige to come out. The the wedding party marched out and everybody looked beautiful and all that, and that was great, but I was waiting for Paige to come out. And so I'm standing there, palm sweaty, probably nervous. I don't think I was Well, maybe a little scared. Maybe. <laughs> but I, I was waiting for Paige to come out because, after all, she she was the main event. And so I was waiting with excited anticipation. I was looking for her to come out between the, the the buildings. And then there she came and she did not disappoint. And so when when I was reading the passage today, I was thinking about looking for what are we looking for with that kind of excited anticipation. Uh, Chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 11 through 15. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking, and that's where we're going to kind of hover around today, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. And then in chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for this day, the opportunity to come out to Your house and to look into Your Word. And Lord, I pray that, uh, that, that it has nothing to do with, with what I say, but Lord, that You would touch our hearts, that we would hear today what You would have us to hear. And that we would, Lord, look to you with excited anticipation, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So again, my question to us, it's its to me as much as to, to, to anyone, is what are you looking for? In the back of the worship guide, there is a uh, uh, an outline if you want to follow along, and the main focus for today is this. If Christ is truly the Lord of our lives, we should be looking for Him with excited anticipation. This includes looking for His return. As Revelation 22:20 20 says, come Lord Jesus. I can't wait. Come Lord Jesus. So looking for His return, but it also Looking for Him in our daily lives. Every day. Looking for Jesus. Looking for how He's working in and through our lives. And as I got to thinking about this, I started thinking, well, practically, how do we do this? How do on a daily basis do I get excited about the Lord? How do on a daily basis do I look for Him with that excited anticipation that I had looking for page to come out. And so three things stood out. The first thing is prayer. We need to spend time daily in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, Paul tells us this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In everything, we should be talking to the Lord. If we're going to be looking with excited anticipation, we have to have a relationship with the Lord. And just like any of our other relationships, the way we build that relationship is through communication. The way one of the, or two of the best ways we communicate is by talking with someone and by listening with someone. So we need to spend time daily talking to the Lord and listening to the Lord. But I got to thinking, and I certainly fall in this category, many of us struggle sometimes with, with prayer. And, and it may be for several reasons. We may not know how exactly to talk to God, or, or we may not feel like that we pray good Christian prayers like we should. They're not wonderfully worded, and so we think, maybe maybe I just won't pray. But all prayer really is, and we tell our children this, all prayer really is, is talking to God. It's just talking to Him. And then being silent at times to hear what He may have to say to us. My dad is here today, and, and my mom too, and I, I'm glad they could they could make it here. But when I was a kid, and even now... There would be times where where I might need to, to talk with with my dad or my mom about something and maybe I didn't always have the words. Something going on in my life as a teenager, something going on in my life as a 42-year-old, but maybe I don't always have the right words, but somehow my dad understands. He would understand what I'm saying. And so if if I look at... My earthly father, and, and no offense to my dad, but he's a flawed individual just like the rest of us. But if I can look to my earthly father to understand, even when I don't word things correctly, how much more then does our heavenly father understand us when we pray to him? It doesn't have to be perfect, you just have to talk to him. Because If we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're His children. We're His child. Romans 8.15 says, For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So it means I can cry out to God. And while recently maybe there's some debate about does Abba mean dad or daddy or does it mean literally father? Either way, we can see it's someone we can cry out to, someone we have a close relationship with, someone who will listen when we come to Him. And then I, I've i had times in, in my life where I, I've gone to pray and I really didn't have the words to say. There was something on my heart. Maybe it was something troubling me. And I wanted to talk to God, but... And and I was alone. I was by myself. I wasn't worried about anybody else hearing me. But really, I still didn't have the words to say. Or either there's times where I've rambled to Him and and it really... You know, had anybody else heard it, it didn't make any sense. Or I was just in complete silence. God, this... I, I don't even know where to go. From there, Romans eight twenty four twenty seven 27 says this, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. And in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. So even when I don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will intercede for me. The Lord knows what I'm trying to say. It doesn't always have to be perfect. We just need to talk with Him on a daily basis. And when we talk with Him, that builds that relationship. And when we build that relationship, that does help us Look for Him with excited anticipation. Number two, I've got preparation. By preparation, I mean spending time in God's Word. Preparing ourselves. If we're going to get excited about Christ's return, about seeing Him in our everyday lives, we need to spend time getting to know Him. And God has revealed Himself to us through Scripture. John twenty thirty 30-31 says this, and this is John speaking of Jesus. Many other signs, therefore, Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you may have life in His name. And then in 2 Timothy three sixteen, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Some other translation translations I looked at used, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's from Him. I've heard it put this way, the Bible is God's word to man about Himself, not man's word about God. The entire book, and we've talked about this in Sunday school classes and all that, this entire book, the Holy Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is about Jesus. It's about Him. It's Him revealing Himself to us. And so if we're going to get to know Him in an intimate way to where we're excited about Him every day... We've got to spend time in His Word. And we've got to get to know Jesus. Not the Jesus that we think He is, or as I've heard this before, not the, well, my Jesus. Yeah, He can be our Jesus, but let's get this straight. It's not who we make Him. It's who He is. And that's who we need to To get to know. And the way we get to know Him is by spending time in His Word. One of the reasons that I was excited when I was uh, mentioned earlier about Paige coming down the aisle is because I knew her. Because the years before we got married, I spent time with her. Getting to know her. And not like if someone asks you, do you know this person? And you say, yeah, I know him." when we mean we know Of them. We've heard of them. But do you know this person? And so I spent time getting to know her. And in the same way, we need to spend time getting to know Jesus. Getting to know more about Jesus. And this will help us see Him in our everyday lives. And a lot of times I think that because we work every day or or things we do, maybe in our everyday lives we don't think about the fact that that Jesus is at work and that he is around us. I read a book recently and it and it is uh by our very own Matt Redman and Matt is had to had to leave this morning but with his permission I'm going to talk a little bit about this. But I, I read a book and and his book is The God of the Mundane. And basically it, it talks about you know, is there a God for just everyday things? And it talks about that that most of us aren't Paul. Most of us aren't traveling all over the world being missionaries, and that's okay. Most of us are more like the people that Paul talked to. And so that's what it that that's kind of what the the book is about. Now it's it's a lot more than that. I don't want to sell it short. It's a lot more than that. Um, but I want to read a, a little bit from this. In chapter one, he asks a lot of questions. You know, is there is there a God for this situation? Is there a God for that situation? And in the second chapter, he answers those questions. And it says this. Yes, there is a God for those who are not changing anything but diapers, There is a God for those who simply love their spouse and pour out unappreciated affection on their children day after day. There is a God for the mom who spends her days scraping the trampled mac and cheese off the kitchen floor. There is a God for the man who hammers out a day's work in obscurity for his wife and kids. There is a God for the just and kind employers. There is a God for generous homemakers, generous with prayers and dollars and time. There is a God for day laborers looking at a missions trip to the far corners of the world like an unimaginable vacation. The more we know Him, the more we can get excited about Him, even in our every, everyday lives. So how do we learn more about Him when we look into the Bible? And, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about uh, studying the Bible. But but I did want to mention this. Uh, Jen Hatmaker, and some of you, especially some of you ladies may know Jen Hatmaker. She has a, a blog and, and she's written a book. And, and the book is called A Modern Girl's Guide to Bible Study. This is not my book. <laughs> I have read the book. But it's not my book. But anyway, Paige has it. And in this, she gives a lot of good advice about Bible study. One of the things she talks about is is it's a good idea to to maybe study a book of the Bible at a time. Now, th- there's nothing wrong with every now and then. Maybe you flip it open and there is that one verse that just stands out. But But she does talk about each day, you know, don't just flip it and just haphazardly pick something and, and go from there. Maybe study a book of the Bible, or maybe have a theme in the Bible that you that you want to study. She also talks about having a place where you're going to do that and having the materials that you use readily readily available. So when it's time for you to do some spend some time in God's Word, you have your highlighter there and and other Bible translations if that's what you use, dictionaries, whatever, whatever it is you need. You have that readily available so you don't waste time looking for those things. And she also mentions journaling, writing down some of those things. And I thought that was a good idea. Sometimes the Lord, because after all, this is God's Word. It is living Word. And so He reveals Himself to us through it. And so by having a way of writing it down, it helps you to remember what God revealed to you this particular day, but it also helps maybe some other time when you go back and you read over it, help remind you what the Lord has re- revealed to you. So those were just some, some good hints that or, or some, some helpful hints that Jen Hatmaker had in, in her book. A friend of mine, Dr. Mark Shaw, he, he's a pastor and he's the uh, founder of Truth and Love Ministries and they do uh, a lot of biblical counseling and, and some other things. But when I talk with, with Mark, and we, we talk about studying the Bible each day, I'm more of a, I'm going to do it at a certain time each day. And, and let me say this, I fail terribly at this. For me, it, it's best if I do a Bible, if, if I study the Bible, if I get into God's Word and have some time of prayer first thing in the morning. That's best for me, especially on my mind. That's just the best time. There's not a lot of other things to get in the way. And I fail miserably at it, but but that is the best time for me. And sometimes I, I, I'll i read at night and all that, but for me, <coughs> excuse me, for me, it's best in the morning. But we're all different, so so there may be different times that you have. And for Mark, he told me that he doesn't have a set time on any day. Just the way his mind works. But... So it may be in the morning today, it may be tomorrow afternoon, it may be the next night, the next uh, uh, morning, but what he said is for him, he makes it a priority that he's going to spend time in God's Word each day. And I think that is a, a key point, is that we make it a priority. I think most of us are more, it's going to be at 6 a.m., and that's when it's going to be. Uh, but... We're all different, and, and, and as an educator, I know that people learn differently. So, so there may be those that are going to do it. It just comes at different times. But I, I would encourage us that we spend time with the Lord in prayer, in preparation, in Bible study on a daily basis. Number three is priority. And I just mentioned how Mark told me that he makes it a priority We need to make spending time in God's Word, (coughs) we need to make praying a priority. Now, I realize I'm probably going to step on some toes here, but let, let me say this. I love you, and I'm not going to step on anybody's toes any harder than I'm about to step on my own. I love football. I've waited this long. I've come the whole time, and and normally at some point I reference football. I was going to leave it out completely, but it is football season after all, and I love football. And and I I, I played it. I coached it. I watch it on Saturdays. There are few things I enjoy more than getting football food, having it ready, that I can just snack on all day, And watching football on Saturdays. And let me tell you how much I enjoy it. I enjoy it so much that I rearrange my schedule around Alabama football. And now, married to an Auburn fan, around Auburn football. As well as whatever big games are on. Ohio State. I know it's unpopular, but I do like to watch Notre Dame. But I'll schedule my day Around that. I make it a priority. And so one of the things that I got to thinking this week, and I'll go ahead and be honest with you. This week I was working. I had some other school work, some classes I'm taking. I was preparing my sermon. And I did the same thing. Last Sunday I started thinking, if I can get this done by this day, this done by this day, this done by this day, day, the sermon done by this time on Saturday, I can start watching Auburn at 2.30 because I went ahead and found out when it was on. That's going to take me to 6 to watch Alabama to 10 to catch some maybe of the late game before I go to bed. And so I I do make it a priority. And in and of itself, it's not a bad thing to enjoy something. God gave us football. It's not a bad thing. But I got to thinking, how much do I rearrange my schedule to make sure I spend time with the Lord? How much is it a priority in my life? Exodus 22 through the first part of 5 says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God. That was real convicting for me. And again, not there's nothing wrong with watching football, not at all. But I was thinking, do I have the same passion for the priority that I put on spending time with the Lord? And so that, that's something for me to, to look at, something for me to think about. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says this, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. If I'm searching for the Lord with all my heart, it's going to be a priority for me every single day. In closing, let me say this. Let me say this. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we should spend time talking with Him in prayer, getting to know Him through preparation, And putting Him first in our lives. Making Him our first priority. If you don't know Him, I would say pray that He would draw you to Him. That you would come to know Him. Invite Him in. And then I think if we do this, then we all will be able to look to Him in our daily lives and as we look for His return with excited anticipation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for just the opportunity to, to look into Your Word, to talk about being excited about spending time with You. And Lord, I pray that e- even while I was up here talking where I fell short, Lord, I pray that, that, that You would touch our hearts, that You would give us ears to hear what it is You wanted us to hear. To take away what it is you want us to, to take away. And Lord, that we would spend time getting closer to you. Lord, you are an awesome God. You are worthy of our praise. And so Lord, I pray for, for, for us, Lord, that we would spend time with you, that we would turn to you, that we would see you on a daily basis working in our lives. Because, Lord, you are faithful to us. You are in our lives. You work in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that we would spend time looking for you, spend time studying your word and learning more about you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.